Costs to originate keep rising, even with more technology in the industry. The problem is the core platform. A new LOS can re-architect the process around data, not humans moving paper files. Vesta has built this LOS, and you can learn more at Vesta.com. HousingWire Daily examines the most compelling mortgage, real estate, and fintech articles reported from the HousingWire newsroom. Each afternoon, the HW Digital team provides our listeners with a deeper look into the stories that are helping move markets forward. Hosted and produced by Alcina Lloyd and Victoria Wickham. And now, here's our host. Pulled from the hottest topics coming across our news desk, I'm Victoria Wickham, and this is Housing Wire Daily. In today's episode, Housing Wire HW Plus Managing and Magazine Editor Brenna Nath and Housing Wire Editor-in-Chief Sarah Wheeler discuss Housing Wire Lead Analyst Logan Motoshami's recent HW Plus article, which dives into the recent uptick in cash-out refinancing and examines whether or not this will lead to a cash-out loan crisis. The pair also review last week's biggest stories and the topics the Housing Wire editorial team will cover in the week ahead. But before we listen, here's a brief word on Housing Wire's newest podcast. Right now, more than ever, the housing industry has been having honest conversations about how race impacts the home buying process. To heighten the discussion, Housing Wire is launching Honest Conversations, a new mini podcast series to examine the state of minority home ownership in America. For eight weeks starting in February, please join Housing Wire Daily each Wednesday as we aim to provide listeners with a greater perspective on how race, housing, and wealth intersect and what experts are doing to close the home ownership gap. You know, Sarah, first, happy Monday. It wouldn't be a Monday with already such a busy morning and it's only 8.45 mountain time. It's 9.45 your time. It's like, I bet you they didn't take into account daylight savings. That's exactly right. That's what it was. (laughs) Well, there has been no shortage of news this morning. For those who don't know, Um, we are here joined by our editor-in-chief, Sarah Wheeler, and then I'm Brennan Ad, HA Plus Managing Editor. We go live every Monday to give you a behind-the-scenes look at what's going on in the news list, uh, newsroom, some of the top stories that are coming across our desk, things that have piqued our interest, along with anything that you should stay tuned for and keep watch of, which over the past uh, month, maybe a year, I'll broaden that, there's been no shortage of. Am I right, Sarah? It's so, there's so much news. I just feel like every day, at the end of the day, I, I write the PMN note and I try to like summarize it's like, there's no way to summarize this. Just go and read it all. <laughs> go read it all. And I'd like to flag that too, because we also have, so Sarah has a PM Edno, and then our managing editor, James Kleiman, he also has Lending Live. And then Matthew Blake also has Open House. And those three newsletters are articles in and of themselves. So they kind of give another extra analysis of what's going on, things to flag, interviews that they've had that haven't made it into a newsletter. So along with all the articles, make sure you sign up for those newsletters because there's so many different parts um, 
information that you want to make sure you get a hold of. So a lot of great and exciting things happening this week as we head into to mid-March, which I'm sure maybe a lot of people are on spring break this week. Um, jumping right in, I know I already touched on a little bit, Sarah, about how we've had a busy news morning. We actually just hit publish on a story right before jumping on this call. It was an HW Plus story. Can you break down what that story was about? Sure. So it's from our lead analyst, Logan Motoshami, and it's about, you know, are we seeing a cash out loan crisis? And we know that people are doing tons of, of refis, right? That's been the huge story from the last year is just the volume of refis and cash out refis in particular. And, and, and he gets a lot of, um, so he really has his uh, finger on the pulse of like, what are people worried about economically? And just over the past couple of weeks, it's just been cash out refis are going to crash the housing market and cash out refis. This is a problem. And so he wrote a piece for us that we just published this morning. And um, I think it's really great. It goes into why, you know, like three reasons uh, why he doesn't think that is. And really it's because the, the underlying fundamentals are so much better than, so, so we had, you know, this got us into trouble in the early 2000s when people were doing cash out refis. But but first of all, the, the level of those loans, the credit behind those loans was poor. They were structured poorly. People's you know, equity in their house was low. So, so we're just in a really different position. Interestingly enough, in the middle of a pandemic um, where the loans that have been done that people are, are, are getting cash out, they were really fundamentally sound loans. And they have a ton of, of equity in their house. And, and the reason most people are doing refis is not because they desperately need the cash, but because they're getting, they're freeing up, you know, with a with a lower interest rate, they can free up that cash. So he really makes the argument that this is actually a great thing and that we shouldn't be worried and this shouldn't be uh, causing people lots of um, alarm bells to go off, which which they are. I mean, if you look on Twitter, if you look on uh, Housing finance Twitter, there, there is quite a bit of chatter on this, and that's really what he's reacting to here. Um, there are also, as always with Logan, there are some charts in there, so you can avail yourself of his information and his charts, but I think he makes a really good point on that. Plenty of charts has never been a shortage. And I liked what you said in the morning huddle this morning when it came to local markets. We have that feature section in the magazine, and I thought I, the reason I bring it up is because um, the home that we bought, I think I've talked about it a lot at this point, we bought uh, in right before Thanksgiving. And I'm we don't know for sure, but I'm pretty sure that the person who had the home before us, they had it for over a decade, they took out a, like a cash out refi, or they took out a loan against the house to help fix it up, which I'm sure a lot of people are doing right now. We see in those stories about people wanting to be home. They want to jazz up their basement for the first time ever. They want to, um, you know, kids are going to college or they want to jazz up their work from home space. Keep mine in the background. <laughs> um, from that, um, I just wanted to kind of spotlight that local markets and how I do think it's interesting. And we'll be seeing a lot more of that coverage kind of going forward, especially because there's so many different, you know, real estate industries. Everyone's have a hot market. What's going on in Austin? What's going on here? What's going on in Dallas, Seattle, um, and spotlighting those unique stories. Well, and that's really why you got to think that even if, um, you know, people can, you know, if jobs, well, we're seeing good job numbers, vaccinations are coming back, you know, the economic outlook looks good. But even if people had to sell right now, even if those people, those millions of people in forbearance have to do something about that, there are 25 people waiting on every house making offers. So, you, you know, you're going to get your money back. So, we're, you know, that's why we don't see a foreclosure crisis happening. Actually, you know, we'd love to have some more inventory, never want it to be because people are foreclosing. But before they ever get to foreclosure, they could sell their house, get their money out. Um, so I just think in general, that hot market story has a lot of legs because it's it's telling us some some truth about a lot of things. And one of it is just I do think the inventory shortage uh, 
I just don't see any short-term fix for that. We know that that lumber costs and construction costs rose so dramatically over the last year, and we don't see any slowdown in that. And and you're looking at a really long timeline. And in fact, um, another anecdotal story, but uh, my nephew who is in Colorado Springs was looking to uh, buy, got pushed out, had to buy in Pueblo instead because his first-time home buyer could not could not get it in Colorado Springs and he's a, he could do VA. So um, we're not even talking, it's about the down payment, but it's just out of their range. They were, then they were like, okay, well, we're going to, we're going to go ahead and build in Pueblo. And they told him it was going to be, uh, he went to two different builders and it was going to be the fall of 2022 before their house would be ready because they have such a backlog. So we just, we know, I mean, that's anecdotal, but I'm just saying like, you know, you have a lot of people going from existing homes who would buy an existing home if there was now going to builders, that's pushing that back. Plus the the prices there are just, you know, they're insane because they have to, they have to work in the construction costs and the cost of lumber. So I do think that short-term and and really just over the next year and a half, two years, I don't, I don't see inventory, a lot of inventory coming online, which is that, I mean, that is a headwind. I mean, that is a, yes, a headwind. I always get those confused Um, to our market because we have plenty, we're still going to have plenty of volume, but think about how much more volume we would see this year if we had more inventory. I, we were in blizzard warning over the weekend on Sunday. Everyone's fine and good here, um, at least in our own home. And so I don't know if I've ever mentioned that one of the reasons we, I, I firmly believe that we were able to get house we got is because it snowed the day that the showings opened. And so we benefited uh-huh. from the weather being a little bit more cold. No one wanted to go look at homes that day. So we were able to capitalize on that and be one of the handful of people instead of the a whole bunch of people that looked at homes. So just unique things like that, that um, is for, for market. Looking, I guess, at the rest of the week, you know, we have Logan's piece that just went live today. What else should we watch for or what else are you paying attention to? Um, so we do have those local, local markets. I think one of the things that we're really seeing is just on a, on a real regular basis, almost on a weekly basis, we're seeing the CFPB really uh, flex their muscle. We knew that uh, Biden administration was going to have a more muscular CFPB, but wow, they have come out swinging. And, and we've seen that uh, even last week um, when they were talking about um, they really rescinded uh, something that happened last February or January where Kathy Craninger said, hey, we're going to we're going to clarify this rule around um, people wanting clarification on on some of the rules. And she was like, we're going to pull back on that. And I think it was ECOA um, really enforcing ECOA. She was like, well, it's, the standards aren't clear. So instead of clarifying the standards, we're just not we're just letting you know we're not going to do enforcement of that. Well, last week, the CFPB was like, we're rescinding that rule and we are going to do enforcement on that. And so I just, I do think that like just the ongoing story of this administration for our industry is that they are serious about regulation and enforcement and they are putting, you know, their money where their mouth is. They're not just saying that they are, um, you know, they're, they're issuing rules, they're issuing clarifications. Mm -hmm. And I, I just think that that's an ongoing story we're going to see for the next four years, but wow, they have, I've never been a part of, you know, I've never seen an administration act so quickly on this. Uh, mo- most things, it takes them a little bit to get going. And, and I'm surprised just because of all of the emphasis the emphasis that has to be on the vaccine and that. But um, this is clearly a big priority uh, for the Biden administration. We're seeing that come through. So we're going to be looking more into that this week. Um, another thing, last week, one of our biggest stories, which caught me by surprise, 
because we had a lot of big stories last week. You know, the whole broker battle that's going on right now. Mm-hmm. Let's just be honest. That is on everyone's mind. It's in every clubhouse. Mm-hmm. It's on Twitter. It's people are trying to figure it out. And if, if people don't know, which I don't know how they wouldn't, but, um, you know, uh, UWM, the, the nation's largest wholesale lender, uh, two weeks ago said, hey, brokers, you need to um, you need to decide if you're going to choose us or you're going to choose um, broke, uh, working with Rocket or Fairway for their in their wholesale lending. And today is actually the deadline. So they want people to decide. They want brokers to decide by today and sign something. Um, you know, at first we we heard it was an addendum. Now I think it, it might be something that when you go on the UWM site to to uh, do along with them that you have to sign something there, but it's, it's been, it's been a huge scramble and we've seen, you know, a, just a wide range of, of opinions on that. So we've had people who are, you know, absolutely hundred percent behind Matt Ishbia, the CEO of UWM saying he's sticking up for us. He's doing this for us. And then you have brokers who are like, Hey, we're independent for a reason. We don't want someone telling us what to do. And so that saga is definitely going to be happening, you know, I mean, we're just going to keep looking at that. Um, Matt Ishbia did say that UWM isn't going to continue to list people. It's really just those two two, uh, other wholesale lenders, because that was one of the fears. People were like, well, what happens next? You know, is it it going to be down to you telling us we can only do UWM? Um, So apparently that's at this point not in the cards, but we're, we're following that story very closely. James Kleiman, our managing editor, is is always on the phone with sources at both of those companies, actually all those companies and and brokers just to try to find out how they're handling that. Um, So that's a big story. But the story I was referencing that I was so surprised at was uh, Fannie Mae tightened standards on investment properties. That was our number one story last week. Uh, People were very interested in that, um, our lending audience. And, and, you know, I was, I was trying to figure out why, because I I just don't think of that as being like going to trump all the other stories we had. So um, last week, Week, Fanny said that it's tightening standards on second homes and investment properties. Um, and so starting April 1st, Fanny will require all second homes to be underwritten with uh, their desktop underwriter, receive an approved eligible recommendation, be delivered as a as desktop DU loan, desktop underwriter. So, you know, that's because of its agreement with Treasury. It has to have a 7% limit on its acquisition of single family mortgage loans secured by those kind of properties. But I was like, okay, well, why is this such a big deal? And so actually the Mortgage Bankers Association last week, their chart of the week uh, was focused on the share of mortgage applications to purchase or refinance a second home or investment property. And we knew that this was a huge area in 2020. We, we wrote numerous stories on the fact that vacation towns and resort areas were, were going crazy, right? Uh, just had a huge boom. And sure enough, if you look at the data, uh, just, just for February 2021, so I wouldn't even say that's the height of where we were seeing that kind of buying, um, the MBA reports that the number of second home applications was up 37% compared to last February and investor applications were up 110%. So clearly people are interested in the story because this is a lot of the loans that they're doing. And, you know, there is going to be an upper limit to when Fannie and Freddie are going to buy these loans. So I think that that's, that's an interesting story. We're going to dig in a little bit deeper on that as well. I remember talking uh, about that with you throughout the week last week and in that same kind of line of just being surprised that that was the story that viral would be the word I kind of put it up put yeah. with it or um, really just got a, had a lot of eyes on it than what you would expect along with the, the UWM stories, especially since there's been quite a few articles around that they're catching a lot of people's attention. I would highly encourage people because there's been several posts from everyone's um, angle 
or their take on the Rocket UWM Fairway news to kind of go back onto the website, read the original piece that came live um, almost, I guess, a week and a half ago now. I did not realize it was March 15th today, which is the <laughs> time is flying by. Um, when you mentioned earlier that that is kind of the deadline that they gave when we had our, our virtual summit, which also I'll just note right there, those sessions will be going live throughout the week. So we have also a video session with Matt Eshbia just within, you know, not even an hour of the news going live, spoke at Summit on kind of giving a more in-depth breakdown from his perspective. Our CEO and founder of HB Media, Clayton Collins, sat down, interviewed him on the news, talk about fresh reporting really in the moment. So I'd encourage you guys to go watch that as well. Well, as we kind of move into the week, I always like to give you the opportunity for our audience, for our listeners, what else is there you'd like to add or keep them, tell them to keep in mind? Well, you know what? We are, once again, we're, we're trying to get updates on that Biden first time homebuyer credit. That's going to be huge, right? We know that uh, if that goes through, that affects everything. So so if you're a lender, if you're a, a closing agent, if you're if you're a real estate agent, I mean, this is huge news. And that that story, we, we published our story, first story on that, I think in September, and that one continues to do well. We've done follow-up stories because people are trying to figure out, is this going to happen or not? And the, the frustrating part for us as journalists is it's hard to figure out, okay, where are we in the process? Is it going forward? But um, we're, we're going to try to do another uh, deep dive on that this week. So that just to update on where we are with that, because, you know, if that happens, first of all, you know, that's great news in many ways. It's also going to be, in my opinion, a potentially logistical nightmare at the closing table, if that's actually where it happens. So, um, but, but in this, in this current environment, a lot of people have said, is that actually going to just fuel the, you know, the competition and multiple offers on homes? Um, so, so you're hoping that gets some first-time homebuyers into homes. On the other hand, it could just mean that now you've got more money coming in that, you know, for the down payments, like there's just a lot of things with it. So we feel like that is a story we're keeping a super close eye on. Hopefully we'll have a legislative update on that um, this week to say, hey, yes, this is where we are in the process. It's going to happen here. You know, there's been a lot of speculation. Will it be $15,000? Will it be more like the the Bush tax credit of like $8,000? Is it going to happen at closing? So there's a lot of still things up in the air and, and we are following it very closely. I know I already used the word viral for the last story we talked about, but I would correct myself and say, if, if you were looking more of like that, vi the virality of the story, that's something that not just our industry, the the nation, especially the huge surge in demand of people who are on the sidelines right now waiting to buy a home, the people who are kind of watching closely along with us. So we will, we're really watching that as even closer than close is what I would say. So kind of stay tuned. Um, well, Sarah, I always like to wrap and just say thank you so much for your time. There's no shortage of news in the newsroom. We have a lot of things coming across our desk. So I'll let you get back, get back to the newsroom. I want to say thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Of course. I love being on this. So thanks so much. Now more than ever, the housing industry is looking to its leaders for answers. That's why each week, the Housing News Podcast invites a new mortgage, fintech, or real estate executive to the show to provide its listeners with more perspective on the announcements and news stories crossing HousingWire's news desk. Hosted by Sarah Wheeler and produced by Alcina Lloyd, the Housing News Podcast is now available on iTunes, Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, and more. Thanks for listening to Housing Wire Daily. 
Don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode and we'll catch everyone back here again tomorrow.